Hello and welcome back to the Steph Gordon Show. Guys, I am so excited because WA has finally opened up its borders and that means that I am allowed to go back to my spiritual home, which is in Bali. And we have flights booked and we're going in six weeks time. We're going to be out of here. We're going to have that wanderlust laptop lifestyle and I cannot wait. So I will be showing you all of that throughout my social media, of course. But I want to just take a moment to celebrate all of the women in our Purpose and Profit Mastermind this month who have also taken breaks because they damn well deserve them. And I'm here to tell you that if you're listening to this podcast, you also deserve a break. But the thing I'm celebrating about these ladies taking a break is that they're still making money while they're off, while they're not working, and in some cases, while they're sleeping, which is the damn dream. I'm also celebrating a very special client, Jay, who quit her day job at the beginning of March, which we all know how terrifying that is. And if you're still in your day job right now, you'll be having all these feelings. She was so nervous that she wasn't going to be able to pull in her full-time income. But in her first month, full-time in her biz, she made $10,000, which was more than double what she earned in a month in her day job, which is unbelievable. And just that reminder, guys, that you will know when the right time is. You need to back yourself, you need to trust yourself, and you need to dive and just do it. I am so damn proud of my ladies. On today's episode, though, we are talking about copywriting. And I'm not talking about the kind of legal copyright, but about your words and the words you use in your business and why your brand voice is your most underutilized tool in your business tool belt. And for this episode today, we are joined by the director and head writer at Bossy Copy, Elise Greer, who is an absolute laugh, such a legend. You guys are going to love this episode. She started her business in 2016 when she realized that boring words and bad grammar were the reason that she liked making and drinking margaritas so much and that too many people were attempting to write their own copy and content when they probably should just stick to their day jobs. She's been accused of both mind control and black magic due to her way with words. And in this episode, she gives away so many tips and tricks to help you guys DIY and level up your words so that you get noticed and you get more clients. We actually talk all things wordsmith, but we also chat about whether or not you can swear and still be professional, why your brand voice should come before your branding, about how Elise over-sexualized a cookie to sell out her online course launch and tips on how to step into your creative genius so that you can write badass copy and get noticed. This is such a good episode, guys. I would love for you to screenshot this episode. Make sure to tag me at Steph Gordon and Bossy Copy and tell us what your favorite takeaways are. Let's dive in. Guys, I am so excited for this podcast guest. I have only recently come into this person's world and immediately was like, this person is my human. We are going to be friends and we will make podcasts together. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. (laughs) Um, Elise Greer of Bossy Copy, I am so honored to have you on today. Thank you for choosing to spend your Friday afternoon with me. Oh my gosh. The honor is all mine. I've been waiting for this all week. I'm so pumped. It's going to be fun. She got so excited last night that she had a few drinks. I was just just getting so excited for today that I thought it was Friday already. (laughs) (laughs) This is what happens when you work for yourself, right? You just make exactly Exactly. in charge. (laughs) (laughs) Who put me in charge? I want to know that. (laughs) So talk to me. Give us a little bit of overview. I always start off the same way. Who is Elise Greer and what does a day in your life look like? 
Yeah. Well, it's probably not as glamorous as some people might think. I'm literally chained to my desk like (laughs) all day. (laughs) But I guess I am the director and head writer of Bossy Copywriting. So we're a Melbourne-based copy and content studio that tries to basically be the opposite of every other copywriting studio that has ever lived. I also have my own podcast, which is The Bossy Type, and I have a course as well called Bossy Copy College. So yeah, everything's very creative, very fun. Love working with brands that want to stand out. And I kind of just selfishly started that business because I thought if I'm going to be working every day for the rest of my life, I want it to actually be fun. So I just built it around me. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. And actually exactly what we would teach anyone, like as a business coach, exactly what I would teach anyone to do because like stuff creating a business that looks like the prison that you've come from in a workplace. Mm -hmm. Exactly. totally off topic and always this happens for me. Yeah. Did you find that when you were creating your business, and I know you have like a creative studio and all of the things, but did you find that you naturally created it like your workplace before at first? And did you have to consciously like add your own flair to it? Like because subconsciously we're almost programmed, right? Yeah, totally. Well, it's kind of funny because I have a really weird working history background, which we can go into. Not weird, but just I've never actually had a job per se where I work in an office. I've never worked in an agency before. This is my first copywriting job. (laughs) I love it. This is my first copyright job and I'm actually just really fucking good at it. So (laughs) global organization. Yeah. I'm always like, wait, so what do other agencies do? Like, is this, am I doing this right? (laughs) As if there's no right way. It's just your way. (laughs) Exactly. That's my advantage. I just do whatever the hell I want. Yeah. So then with your creative background, it sounds like a very colorful and creative background, which I cannot wait to hear more about very shortly. How did you make your very first dollar as an entrepreneur? Oh my God. So (laughs) I'm almost (laughs) embarrassed to talk about this. Okay, let's take it all the way back. So obviously, this is my very first foray into entrepreneurship was I had this tree at my house and I must have been like five (laughs) and I felt like the tree, this tree was amazing. So I used to try and charge people 10 cents to experience the tree. Like you could walk up. You could walk up to the tree, you could touch the tree, you could sniff the tree, but it would be 10 cents. So based on my fee, I don't think I actually hit the dollar mark, but that was my first experience. Just didn't even have 10 friends to get. Well, my mum and dad refused to pay 10 cents to like touch their own tree, but I thought it was like an art exhibition anyway. But then I would say my first dollar definitely came from words. Obviously, when I was a bit older, I went into blogging and freelance writing. So that was my first official dollar. But before that, it was the tree. I love how entrepreneurial you were from such a young age. Like you were like, this is it. People, everyone loves this tree. I could definitely make some pocket money here. Yeah. Appreciate the tree. Yeah. What did you buy with your 60 cents? (laughs) Oh, I couldn't even tell you. I probably only made 10 cents. So (laughs) maybe one red frog. (laughs) (laughs) 10 cents would get you literally nothing now. So I love that. So Talk to me. This is not the next question that I was going to ask, but tell me about your creative background. Tell me about how you came to be Bossy Copy today. So yeah, my background, uh, I took a while to get here. So I've always been a writer. I was a writer when I was little, when I wasn't making people like experience trees, I was writing stories. (laughs) (laughs) So I was always the kid that had the loose leaf paper, writing my like stories and stapling them down the side. 
Um, I knew that I would do something like that when I was older. I thought I might be an author or as I got, you know, into high school, I thought I would be in magazines. So I studied journalism and thought I would go down that like news route. Then when I moved to Melbourne, I kind of fell into fashion, which was my other love. And so I started styling and then I actually won a massive job when I was 23, which was for Westfield. Um, and this is why I haven't really had an official job because before that I was working as a stylist, obviously not in an office, didn't really have a boss. And then I won this Westfield job and that was only meant to last for a year, but I was there pretty much my whole twenties. And again, it was just me kind of as a freelancer, I guess, like doing the blogging, doing the styling, being the media commentator, doing like live shows, all of this really fun stuff. And then I only just started bossy towards the end of that when I realized that I still really loved the writing side of that job the most and I was getting a little bit sick of the styling. So I was doing a little bit of writing on the side and then I eventually left and started Bossy. So that is why it's my first proper job. So I've never really had like a boss standing there like breathing over my situation. I'm breathing all over my situation. <laughs> yeah. So you were a stylist for Westfield, is that right? Yeah. So the job was, um, some people might even remember this because I still get messages about it, but it was called the Westfield Insider. And it was basically to be the official blogger for Westfield for a year. And this is when blogging, this was 2010. So blogging was like it. Yeah. I remember the days. Yeah. So I think quite a few people applied and then I had to go through this crazy process. Did not think I would ever get a call back, but obviously I did. And we had to be on TV. We had to do like live styling challenges. We had to do like panel interviews in front of all these extremely scary magazine editors and things like that. And then the public had to vote for the winner from the top three. And I won. So I had to leave my job and move into that. Yeah. What a crazy experience. Yeah. It was a wild ride. So yeah, it was only meant to be a year and then it obviously changed a little bit, but I kind of became more of like, yeah, the media commentator and part of the content team running all the social channels basically until I started Bossy. I love it. And I love what you have done with Bossy Copy. Like it Thank is you. just so full of character. So guys, if you haven't checked out, please go and open up your Instagram right now and go and have a look, Bossy mm-hmm. Copy. But it's just so full of character. It's got, I, I immediately knew from looking at your social media feed that we could be friends and totally, totally, obviously. <laughs> and <laughs> we are going to be best friends. And it was really interesting because I just thought, I wonder if it was always like this, if it, like, cause I think bossy copy really has its, it has an attitude and it has a personality and it has a, a brand voice, of course. And so was it always that way or has it grown to be like that? Yeah. So, like I said earlier, Bossy, I kind of built it around me because <laughs> I'm so selfish, so humble of me. But yeah, it's pretty much based on my writing style. So the plan was when I was, you know, just starting to leave Westfield, I was doing some freelance work. I wanted to kind of bring my writing style that I used throughout all of my freelance writing, all of my blogging into copywriting because I felt like back then, there wasn't really many options for people that wanted to stand out. Even today, the word copywriting for me, like copywriting needs a rebrand. Like it's just, yeah, it's so, it sounds so traditional. It's stiff, it's dry. And when I tell people I'm a copywriter, I actually don't like saying it because I feel like 
There is so much to copywriting that people don't realize and it can be so creative, but often people think I'm either a copyright lawyer, which is such a lol, or they think I am like writing advertising commercials or something like that. So I feel like I really wanted to inject a little bit of personality into the industry as a whole but really have a brand that was based on my writing style, which is pretty cheeky, pretty conversational and help other brands basically do the same. So I've definitely finessed it as time has gone on. But even when I go back and look at my first website, which is hilarious, you can see it's the same sort of tone because it's literally just me writing how I would talk to you right now. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And You've answered my next question, which was, is Bossy Copy the same identity as you? And it sounds like it definitely is. Yeah. Were you always this kind of attitude and this kind of like, you know, when did that kind of develop for you? I think to be honest, my writing style is probably like an embellished version of my personality. Mm. So I'm not as cheeky in person. I'm not as funny in person. (laughs) It takes me a while to come up with my jokes. You know, I sit there and I pen pen them down. Exactly. (laughs) Get back to me. I'm definitely not as like bold, but I'm definitely, I have personality. I love to have fun. So that is for sure my normal personality. But I feel like with writing, and I feel like this is why all writers love to write, is that you get to have kind of like an alter ego. And that's why I love copywriting as well. Even though you're writing for brands, you're not writing articles or for magazines or anything like that but you can really embody a different character. It's kind of like acting. Like you put that hat on for a couple of hours and whatever character or personality it might be, you can really get into it and then you can switch and it's got so much variety. So yeah, it's definitely based on my personality and lots of people will say, you know, when I read your Instagram captions, I feel like I can hear your voice especially now that I have a podcast and people know what I sound like, I can hear your voice reading it to me. And I think it's because it really is based on my personality, but it's also my style of writing is very conversational. And the way I write, which is a great tip for everyone, is I have that conversation and I say it in my head just as I would to a friend and I'm typing it as I go. So I'm not really overthinking it. I'm just writing it as if I would be talking to someone. So yeah, it's kind of like a super version of my normal personality. Like I wish I was more like my writing. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I wish I was on the spot, Witty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You definitely are. You definitely are. <laughs> so I, I think one thing, I, I saw an Instagram post of yours. I think maybe, I don't know when I saw it. I was deep in a stalk probably yeah. like 48 <laughs> hours ago. And I was reading a post that you put up about, you know, this alter ego, which, I mean, I've seen you present on this topic. You came in and did a presentation for us in our CEO Society Mastermind and I frothed it. Like one of my favorite presenters I've ever seen present, guys. Yay! And you just you talked about this alter ego and this like stepping into this character to create, to write and and how, you know, you really encourage brands to do that. And it resonated so hard with me because I absolutely love the idea of creating that voice. And I think that when I'm trying to write as me, sometimes I can find that really difficult. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. would I say that? And, and, you know, I'm a little bit more seasoned now at writing. And so it can be a little bit more natural, but especially when you're first getting started in business, which a lot of ladies who are going to be listening to this podcast are, you end up kind of just writing the way that you've been taught, which is, you know, 
dear madam, (laughs) as per my previous email, like you kind of... Whom it may concern. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and we're not trained, but we, you know, we probably haven't done creative writing for years. Like we're not really trained. And so it it can be, I personally think it could be really helpful to step into that alter ego, but a post I saw on your Instagram the other day touched on something that I think a lot of people struggle with, which is the difference between that alter ego and your true authentic self. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to touch on that with you a little bit. And I would just love your feedback on that because I think that a lot of business owners think, well, if that's my alter ego, then then I'm not me, you know? And there's a bit, yeah. of, a, a bit of a parts conflict there. Yeah, totally. And I think it always comes back to preparation and knowing what your brand is. Nine times out of 10, if you are getting stuck with that or you're trying to write copy and you're staring at the blank screen or the blank page and you don't know what to say, it's because you haven't planned or you haven't prepared. So it might be that you haven't really done the tone of voice work first, which would really help you identify whether your brand is your personality. And a lot of people are, you know, like obviously the Steph Gorton show, you are Steph Gorton. So it's going to be based around your personality. Whereas another brand it might not have a face of the brand. It might just have its own personality and voice. So it's really, really important to do that tone of voice work and that groundwork first and be really, really clear on what your brand personality is and what your tone of voice is, which is going to make your life so much easier when it comes to writing copy and content down the track. And if it's just uh, even an Instagram caption that you're getting stuck with, Again, it all comes back to planning. It's often because we haven't actually figured out what we want to say. So even today, I will jot down bullet points or little thought starters of what I want to mention throughout the caption, and I will build the caption around that. Because if I just sit staring at my caption box, staring back at me, nothing happens. Like You have to plan whether it's your entire brand or whether it's an Instagram caption. Mm, I love it. And I think that's what I love so much about what you do and and Bossy College as well is, yes, it's copywriting. And yes, copywriting is important. And and obviously, like you love it and you're great at it and it's important. But what's more important than copywriting is understanding who you are as a brand and really having that strong brand identity. And I love the fact that you teach that. What do you think of the, the elements? Like you mentioned tone of voice before. What are the elements mm-hmm. of my brand to help someone get started? Yeah. So I obviously think words and tone are the most important, but I also am the sort of person that realizes that all the other parts really count. So you can have the most amazing tone of voice and copy in the world, but if you have really shit design, people aren't going to hang around on your website and vice versa. So it's really important to get all the pieces of the puzzle down pat. But the issue I come up against with some clients or people that you know, before they even become clients is that they don't value copywriting and tone of voice. They don't realize just how much it can do for their brand. And I feel like I see so many people throwing money at all the things that they think are important. They're spending their budgets on influencers. They've got all the cutest packaging that they want to get on the Instagram. They're investing every cent they have into branding, but they don't leave anything in the kitty for tone of voice or copywriting. And then they get to a point where they're like, oh, I'll just do it myself because, you know, I know how to write enough to be able to like write the packaging. And I feel like, yeah, a lot of people focus so much on drawing the customers in with all this cute stuff, but they haven't really considered how they're going to 
secure the customer once they're there or maintain that relationship once they've purchased from you. And obviously for me, it might be a bit biased, but I think tone of voice and copy is the answer to that because it can help you bring customers in and really grab their attention and draw them into your brand. And it can help keep them there and convince them to buy something. Whereas if you're spending all your money on branded tissue paper and you're not getting any customers in because your tone of voice or copywriting isn't strong enough, they're not going to see your cute tissue paper. So there's really no point. Totally. And I, after watching you present, I was like, I wish I did brand voice and tone of voice first, like, you know, that brand identity work first, because I really think that I probably, my physical brand and, and the colors and the aesthetic probably would be quite different if I'd done my tone of voice first, because I, I think I would have stepped more into a little bit more of a character and it probably wouldn't have just been such a direct reflection of me. It probably would have been a little bit, like you mentioned before, a little bit more embellished. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think that that tone of voice work, can you give us some examples of brands that you love that yeah. have really cool tone of voice, just so that if someone's listening right now, they can pick up their phone and, and start having a little look at what you're talking about? For sure. So obviously the two probably biggest ones that people are familiar with are Frank Body and GoTo Skincare. Whenever I am meeting with the client, they're the two that they always mention. And I don't know if it's because they actually want to sound like them, but they're the brands that really explain what tone of voice is and what it can do for your brand because they are truly the voice is the backbone of those brands. And until, like if I say tone of voice to someone, they're like, what's tone of voice? And then I'll say, you know, Frank Body, the coffee scrub, if you're reading it in the shower, they're like, oh, okay, I get it. It's the full character of the brand. So yeah, Frank Body and Go To, two very popular ones. My personal favorite is Oatly, the oat milk, which is such a random answer, but Oatly is kind of like the hottest tone of voice brand going around right now. <laughs> Like if you were to geek out, like this would be the babe. This would be 10 out of 10. Oatly is trending in, in the copywriting world. They just have, even if you Google Oatly billboards, oh, oh my God, just amazing. Like they just absolutely nail it. All of their billboards and signage is so attention grabbing. It's designed to just like stop you in your tracks and read. So that's what I really try and do is write things that are really attention grabbing. They're going to hook people in and it's going to really express your brand's personality. So yeah, I would definitely check out those. Even Cards Against Humanity, the card game, if you go onto their website and read their FAQs, absolutely hilarious. Like they've just thought about each sentence or each question or each part of their website and thought, okay, so how would I write this in a really abrasive Cards Against Humanity kind of way? And they've rewritten everything with that in mind. And that's what I always give as a tip is whatever you are writing, whether it's a sentence or whether it's an about page, think about how your brand character or your brand personality, whether it's you or whether it's a fictional character, how would they say this sentence or how would they you know, even if it's free shipping, how would they say free shipping? So really you've got to pick apart every single piece of your brand and put on your character and think about how they would approach it. I also created a brand for the course. I was just about to ask you. I was just about to go there. Yeah. yeah. So I created this brand called Bag Cookie and I was even in lying in bed this morning being like, okay, maybe I really do need to start like some sort of cookie brand. How can I bring this to life? So I didn't really think it was going to kind of take off the way it has, but the way I do tone of voice is I have two separate avenues that I go down. And this is a great tip if you are DIYing your tone of voice. So I either go down 
what I call consistent or creative path. So consistent is probably more of like a slightly pared back natural voice that is just going to give you consistency across your brand. And then creative is where you can have lots of fun with borderline inappropriate characters, fictional characters, and really bold personalities. So even when I'm working with a client, I'll usually present two different options, one that's slightly more pared back and one that would happen if we had full creative freedom. And you can have so much fun with either of them. Doesn't mean that consistent is going to be boring. It just means that it might be a little bit easier to execute. But for the course, I created a brand for consistent, which was called Good Times. And it was a vintage clothing subscription service. And then I created a brand called Bag Cookie, which was a cookie delivery company that fell into the team creative space. And when I was thinking about Bad Cookie, I thought, okay, I really want to take this to the extreme level of creative. So what can I do? So Bad Cookie's theme is all around love and sex and dating. So it's 10 out of 10 on the cheeky meter and everything that I've written for Bad Cookie. So we use it as an example the whole way through the course. So in the website module, you'll have the full website copy for Bad Cookie through the packaging module, the full packaging copy for Bad Cookie, and you'll actually see it come to life. And you'll see that I've looked at every single sentence and thought, how would a borderline inappropriate chop chip cookie (laughs) say this sentence? Can you give us an example? Because this is my favorite part of your presentation. I was like, (laughs) how is she so genius at this? There's actually lots of copy that I've uh, posted on Insta because um, I feel like it's a great way to show people how your voice can come to life with a really bold fictional character. But as an example, the about page tagline is, I'm bad cookie, put me in your mouth. And then there's another one that says, made in the kitchen in the middle of the day with the blinds open. So obviously I could just say, you know, made in house, but I've tried to think, okay, so what else can I say that's going to be hitting that love and dating theme? And even when I talk about the cookies being delivered, instead of them just being cookies being delivered, I kind of apply like a booty call theme to the delivery. So all the emails start with you up or I'm on my way over, leave a key for me, little things like that. So it's all very themed. Every single sentence down to every single word has that bad cookie approach. And the voice actually comes from the cookie itself rather than the brand. So he can kind of get away with anything. It's so good. And even just like the whole time you were speaking, I hope that this is the part that gets put on the audiogram by the team because <laughs> my face, I'm just like, I actually had tears in my eyes from laughter. Like I was, and this is it, guys. Like, and so when we're talking about this brand voice, guys, we're not just like, yeah, 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 yeah. And you're so right. Copywriting has such a bad rap. Like it is so like un- old school. Oh, it's, it, we need to definitely rebrand it because. When you're talking about this, like you guys can see, you can literally like you're listening to us, but you can see and feel the way that this cookie company would work and and how much you would laugh if you got that text message or that email or, you know, Mm -hmm. the about me page and and how much you would tell your friends about it. And it's that word of mouth that gets created. I think when people love a brand, it's like, you know, oh my God, you have to buy this Frank body. Exactly. Yeah funny when you're in the shower like it's something that is a conversation that you would have in the workplace it's a conversation that you would have with your best friends and that word of mouth like it does so much of your marketing for you why that brand voice and and that tone of voice is so important to nail because if you can really leverage that to your advantage now one thing that I do think that people think is that okay let's say you were a bad cookie <laughs> and 
you had this like cheeky brand voice that was, you know, 10 out of 10 on the cheeky meter. Does that stop you from being, and I'm putting my little quotation marks up, professional? Because I think that there's a lot of people who think, oh, that's cool. But like, I couldn't do that because insert reason why, you know? And I just wanted to kind of touch on that because you've worked with some really big companies that have been totally attracted to your brand voice, which is quite cheeky as well. And the fact that you have swear words on your website and all of that sort of stuff. I think a lot of people think, oh, if I do that, I won't be able to attract like insert corporate client. Yeah, totally. And this is all about mindset. This is literally, that's the only thing that's going to get in your way. And I actually did an Instagram post a couple of days ago specifically about this because I always talk about this thing, which I call niching down. And that just really means getting super specific. So, you know, who is your target market? Pick one person and speak only to them. What are your services? Do you want to be known for just one thing? Like obviously, when I first started, I actually offered the styling as well as the copywriting and I offered social media because I thought, I don't want to repel anyone. I want to have all the customers and all the clients. And I ended up drilling down just into copywriting and then drilling down into my really cheeky tone of voice. And that's when the magic happened because I became more specific and people that were bored of other copywriting studios in the past or didn't feel like they really connected with any, found bossy and they're like, this is exactly where I belong. This is what I've been looking for. So I think for me, this is a total mindset thing. And obviously it depends on what industry you're in. Like I'm working with a financial advisor at the moment who wants to be really, really fun. And I've given him really, really fun. And he's like, this is great, but maybe like 10% less fun because <laughs> I, I'm still in finance. So there's always levels that you can take it. But I'm a total believer in generally, if you think that you can't do it, it's probably because your mindset is getting in the way. And this happens in the course as well. I encourage people to come up with this really bold voice that they feel reflects them and they're excited to bring this brand to life because of the voice and the personality they've created. And then they hit this mindset block where they're like, oh, but actually, I don't know if I can be this bold. But with most industries and with most jobs, they're the things that are going to get noticed. And I often talk about being polarizing because, you know, it's not all like rainbows. Like some people have said to me, oh, you're too polarizing for me. You have like a swear word on your landing page. So It doesn't please everyone, but for me, that's the goal. If I'm pleasing everyone, I'm probably not pleasing anyone at all because that's impossible. Whereas if you just pick one specific group of people to target and speak to, then they're going to feel like they belong to you. And I promise you being polarizing will work wonders for your brand. So you just need to try and be a little bit more confident whether it's your own personality or whether it's a a personality that you've created or an alter ego or a fictional character, you just have to run with it. And of course, if you are in an industry that requires you to be a little bit more pared back, then obviously you can do that. But it doesn't mean that you have to be boring because otherwise you're just going to blend into all the other brands in your space. Mm, And I think it's that reminder that we actually don't need 7 billion clients. Like a majority of these companies, like financial services company, even like a lawyer or a legal company, like realistically, what do they need? Like maybe at most they can handle, like depending on the size, but like maybe 200 clients. So you just Mm -hmm. need to find 200 people that would love the finance industry shaken up with a bad cookie-esque approach and you would find them. I would 100% hire that financial person, like that financial service provider, you know? 
Yeah, because you don't want to go with that boring option and you've probably been waiting for someone that can offer you something different. So I think the key thing is also to kind of like look across your industry or look across the landscape and really figure out what's missing. When I started Bossy, I felt like it was all just either a bit too traditional or it was super cheesy and I'm just not into cheese. So I was like, I want to go straight down the middle and make it really bold. I don't want to have pink. Pink is a huge color in copywriting. I don't know why, but I was like, I'm not doing pink. I'm not doing those fonts. I'm not going to have balloons. I just want to do something completely different. And once I found that little niche or that opportunity that I I didn't feel like was being explored, that's when all those people that didn't like the cheesiness and didn't like the traditional boring companies were coming to me because they wanted to have that bold attitude. And it cuts the noise, you know? Like Exactly. Really like when I see your stuff, it cuts like even, you know, the branding. And I know that's probably down to your husband who um, <laughs> obviously a whiz um, graphic. Yes. Guy. And me over his like neck, like telling him what to do. He'd be like, yeah. no, less of that, more of that. He's like, babe, let me do my genius. <laughs> Literally. But, um, you know, it does, it cuts through the noise. And I, when I see your stuff, A, it's a totally recognizable brand. Like I know straight away that's Bossy Copy, even without seeing the copy. Like, so, cause the, the aesthetic cuts through and then the writing every single time is just so you. So I love it so much. Like it, it really is so different. And that is why you have been so successful. What steps do you take to get into your client's brand voice? Like for somebody, if you were to like take a moment and be, you know, if, if I was trying to get into my own brand voice, let's say it was a fictional character, what would the steps be to get into that? Yeah. So I think maybe taking it back a step further first and what I usually do when I'm putting together the tone of voice guidelines. And of course, even if you're DIYing this for yourself, all you need is a Google doc, literally jot down some brand references, like brands that have a similar vibe to you. And I think the other really key thing to mention going back to that, you don't know whether you're too bold for your industry or something like that, You don't have to be bold and funny just because you think that's what everybody wants. Often in your space, it might require something completely different. So obviously bold is my thing, but it's really just having a look at what your industry needs and is missing and filling that gap and also picking a personality that is going to align with what you offer. So if your process is really polished and really sophisticated, you're probably not going to want to have a crazy bold voice like mine with swear words because then people will join and be like, oh, hang on, I thought this was going to be really creative and interactive, but it's actually not. So you need to make sure you're picking a voice that aligns with your core values, aligns with your brand personality, aligns with your experience and aligns with your results that you offer. That's the first step. And then what I would do when you start putting together this cheats tone of voice guidelines is brain dump a few words and phrases that you use. So for example, if I was a gym, if I use the words like sweat and train and workout, they're obviously a lot more in your face than bend, flow, what a yoga studio might use. So really defining what words you use and what phrases you use and what words and phrases you avoid. I also love to include lyrics. So I literally go on Spotify. I listen to songs. Like I did a project recently that was for a women's financial platform and it was teaching them about money. So I went through and listened to all the rap songs I could find that were money related and jotted down every single lyric. I put them in like a bank for her so she can read through it, listen to those songs when she's writing copy and really get in the zone. And even things like mood boards, I'm like a very visual person. So I like to find visuals on Pinterest that really match 
the vibe that I'm going for. And even looking at a mood board can help you kind of get in character a little bit. And lastly, I would say having those brand references. So for me, one of Bossy's is like a bakery in America. So it's got nothing to do with copywriting, nothing to do with agencies, but I can go and read that and kind of feel a bit more bold after I've read those like websites or whatever. So yeah, I would definitely start by putting together your cheats guidelines. And then when you do need to write some copy, I would go through and read and read and read and consume as much as you possibly can and go back and read websites or Instagram captions or emails from your brand references. And that's going to really help you to get into character before you write your copy. Yeah. They're such good tips, by the way. I just think that one of the things that happens is that people just rush it. It is exactly. They rush. It's an afterthought. It's like, you know, and your marketing should never be an afterthought. It should be really where you're putting so much of your thought process. Like you spent all these years like crafting this skill, whatever it might be, if you're an accountant or if you're a bookkeeper or if you're a business coach or whatever it might be, like, you know, you spent all these years mastering this skill, this expertise to be able to teach people. And then you rush the part where they're getting to know you and that marketing piece. Like, you know, you would never rush a Facebook ad. If you were spending time and money on that, you wouldn't rush it. But because it's like, it must frustrate you a lot. Yeah, well, it's more like things take me a long time. People think because I'm a copywriter, I just jump in and I whip up a caption. My caption takes me an hour to write every single day, like minimum. Like I write it between finishing work and having dinner (laughs) or taking my dog for a walk. But it's because I really think about what I'm trying to say and I map out that caption. I put all my bullet points in and I try to start all of my copy, including captions with some sort of attention grabbing hook. So if you go back and read any of my captions, you'll see that they start like with a random story or a random fact or a random thought because then I grab people's attention mid scroll because they're like, what is this chick talking about? And then I kind of tie it through. So first of all, yeah, it takes time to do these things, but there's definitely ways to save time. Like one of my favorite things to do is to create caption formulas. So you could come up with 10 caption formulas, which are kind of like recipes or frameworks for your captions. And you can just pick from the list what caption formula you're going to use that day. And all you need to do is fill in the gaps. So obviously for me, I need to spend a lot of time because a caption for me is kind of like an audition. I don't know who's watching, but if you are some, you know, if you're an event designer or something like that, and you're on the fly all day, every day, caption formulas are a great way to still maintain your brand voice whilst saving so much time. And you can also do what I call a response register. So have a spreadsheet with all of the common questions that your customers and clients are asking you, whether it's DMs, whether it's your on your website FAQs and have next to it how you would respond to that question in your brand voice. So then if you are getting those questions a lot or those emails a lot, you can literally copy and paste the answer and know that it's consistent across the board. I'm just taking a big bow. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And just such really handy hacks. Now, the last question I have for you is why Bossy Copy College? And I'm I'm assuming like you are obviously highly passionate about what you do. And even in this small snippet of this episode today, you have given away so many incredible tactics to help a small business owner navigate the world of copy. Is that why you created it? Yeah, pretty much. I am very, very passionate about this stuff. But I think 
the catalyst for me was that I had spoken to so many small business owners and I'd received so many inquiries from people who were kind of at the stage that I was at when I first started Bossy. I wanted to have that big, bold brand. I wanted to have the great copy. I wanted to have the best designs. I wanted to have, you know, all the things. But being a startup or being a small business, I didn't really have the money to be doing all of that. So like everyone else, I would have to pick and choose what I spent my money on and I would have to come back to everything else later on. So they were kind of my inspiration because I wanted to have a solution to say to people that really wanted to work with an agency or that really wanted to have that bossy experience but they weren't quite at the stage of hiring an agency yet. So it's kind of like a DIY version. You get my full creative process and I walk you through creating your own tone of waste just as I would do if you were a client. And then we walk through writing the copy for your website, your emails, your Instagram, your packaging, your portfolios if you're a service provider, literally everything you could possibly need so that by the time you finish, you've got all the words and the words will no longer hold you back from launching or relaunching your brand because they're all going to be sitting there waiting for you. And you know, you're going to have that really fun, bold brand to start. It is the best investment that I think any small business owner could make. And it is one of those things that it is a skill and it is something that you have to learn. And it's not something that you're going to magically be good at. It's like, it's, you know, one of the many skills within business that you have to be good at or or you pay somebody to be good at it for you if you have the finances. But if you don't have the finances when you're first getting started to have every single caption, every single email, every single landing page written by someone professionally, then you need to invest the time and energy. I actually recommended a couple of copywriting books to one of my clients of the week because she was like, I'm just really struggling. And I was like, what have you actually done to master the skill though? Because yeah. you're not going to get magically better at it unless you go and you learn more about it. You know, it's a skill that needs to be sharpened. And I love the fact that you have the Bossy Copy College for people to be able to sharpen their skills in a way that's not those... I mean this with all of the love to your industry, but the copywriting books are <laughs> like nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> Maybe that's my next project. Yeah. <laughs> Please write the book, the author that you were going to be since you were, you know, selling 10 cents to the tree. <laughs> Please write the book. book Write the book. (laughs) Or do the book next. And it's funny because I feel like with, you know, a lot of people don't have as much time. So that's another thing. I really wanted to kind of hit on all those frustrations that new business owners have where they can't really articulate what's like they've got it in their brain, but then they sit down to write what they're trying to say and it doesn't come out or they're really not confident with words or they don't have all the time. So it's literally like me holding your hand step-by-step, all of my frameworks, all of my processes across the board, and you get to kind of learn alongside those two brands that I've created and see how we take it from idea and tone of voice right through to your captions, for example. And I would say to anybody listening right now, if you're telling yourself in your head that I'm not a writer and I'm just not good with words, I really encourage you to start asking yourself, how is that serving you and how is that helping you right now? Because if Mm -hmm. we can just learn the skill or if you can just master that skill set, then even just become more confident by having like the frameworks that you were mentioning as an example, just become more confident in it, then maybe you actually would find that you're a wordsmith because you don't just wake up like, it's like, you know, I, I used to swim in school and like, you don't just wake up one morning and like, oh, I'm a really good swimmer. Like now today, first time you would drown, like (laughs) how to swim, just like you need to learn how to, you know, write creatively. Totally. And I think a lot of people love to write like they, or they love to be creative, but they just don't have the confidence. Writing is one of those things where it's like putting your arm up 
with an idea in front of like a boardroom and your idea being shot down. It's just like so embarrassing, so cringe. It's like the same with writing. You're like, I don't want to put my words on this website because I feel like I'm going to be judged. I'm not proud of it. I'm not a good writer. But once you actually learn the skills and kind of move past that point, you can actually start to love writing all your copy and content. And your copy and content is never going to stop. Like there's captions to be written, emails to write every single day, blogs, whatever it might be. There is millions of words in a brand. And so if you can just learn those skills and get comfortable with it, at least to produce copy and content that you're proud of, then that's the main thing. Yeah, so good. So where can people find you and how can they work with you? Yeah, so probably best place is Instagram because my phone is always in my hand. So at bossy.copywriting. So feel free to send me a DM if you've got any other questions. Um, You can also enroll in the course from there. Just send me a DM. And my website is bossycreative.com. So that's got a little bit more info about our services as well. Yeah, go have a sticky peek at our website. It's so fun. It is so fun. I love that at the bottom of every page, it's like, oh, want to send me a gift or you (laughs) get something about like having margaritas? That sounds about right. So good. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today. And for anybody that's struggling with words, please go and check out Bossy Copy. Absolutely phenomenal, babe, what you've created. Congratulations. And guys, whatever it was that you had, a big takeaway, a big drop in today, we would both love to know. So if you could please take a screenshot of this episode and tag both myself and Bossy Copy and tell us what your biggest takeaway was. We always love to see. So guys, thanks for tuning in. Thank you so much, Steph. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. My personal mission is to help women just like you to grow their business and give you the advice and insights you need to make your business go boom. And as part of my commitment to that mission, I have created a mini course called the Boom Your Biz mini course, and I want to offer it to you completely for free. So in this three-part mini course, you're going to learn how to identify and attract the perfect clients that you actually love to work with. You'll learn an easy and effective way to build your core offer and increase the amount of people that actually take you up on that offer and how to generate endless high quality leads absolutely free. Included in this free mini course is exclusive training. I give you templates and processes that you can follow and implement in your business right now to start seeing results straight away. The value of this mini course, guys, is $497, but I'm giving it to you completely for free. So if you're ready to level up and take action, use the link in my show notes to download this mini course. I'll see you next episode.